Straight Jack, episode 17. We review three films each week. One new release, one post-2000, one pre-2000, and they all have a theme. This week's theme is Odd Couples, based on Ian's choice of new release, which was Swiss Army Man. Swiss Army Man, directed by The Daniels. Paul Dano is deserted on an island. He's about to hang himself. He's getting up there. He's ready to go. What's that? A body washes up. He looks over. It's, uh, it's Daniel Radcliffe. He's wearing. He's very smart. He, there's no movement. That's it. He'll just go back to what he was doing. But then he hears a rumbling. He puts his ear to the stomach, only to hear an awful lot of trapped wind. And what does he do? He uses this man as one would a Swiss army knife in order to merge and enable these two to grow together in the wilderness. Now, what a setup. Have we got substance to match the style, the original movie we have on the face here? The flatulence is key to how this movie's been sold, I think. Was it Sundance that it was premiered at? And people started walking out, and then the trailer kind of picked up on that and just put loads of funny farts in in that (laughs) as well. And what you actually have here is something a lot more than just funny farts. You, there yeah. is a there is a heartwarming story about Paul Dano who is trying to get home for for the right reasons, you know. And you do you you urge him on. Yeah, but then where's your cut off? I had no cut off. Six minutes with, in. about six I, minutes. This is coming from someone who hates Paul Dano with a passion. I which found is him, weird because he's always been nothing but superb and made good choices. But I found him horrifically endearing. Oh, that's, I'm so glad to hear that because. And for the first sort of 15 minutes, you these two, they, they're sort of coming to terms with each other. You're really unsure if this is just going to be a film about farts. And then, and then almost two thirds goes by and you think, OK, this is this. They are just running with this. The trailer had it absolutely. The marketing had it nailed. We just had some good montages of various and very, very creative ways you can use this. A person as a Swiss army knife. But cut straight to the chase this is a film that is all about an ending for me that manages to take what could be seen as a pretentious almost a film that is just there that's just quirky for the sake of being quirky and just just for people to go I watched it I I enjoyed it more than you because I can enjoy silly farts on a different level but then it does get to a place that totally makes this a worthwhile viewing experience James, we haven't uh, haven't heard from you yet, there, mate. Sitting what quietly are you, over there. What yeah, are yeah. you thinking about this? Just like you know, Paul Dano jumping on the back of Daniel Radcliffe. You're either on board with this film or or you're not. Great reference, bro. And I was not. I'm afraid. It's a bizarre film. It's a bizarre premise. I think we're all on, we we can all respect that. But just too bizarre for me. For me, the, the title's fantastic, and for me, there are some there are some moments on, of comedy in this, particularly when there are lots of Montages, I suppose you'd call them, of him being the Swiss Army man, and and the little clips of him, you know, his his abilities, his go go gadget things that he can seemingly do with his body. But for me, everything and anything outside of that was boring. It got weirder and weirder and weirder to the point where it just got was more and more surreal. And for me, I've said the title was. I think I said the title was the best thing about it. It wasn't the best thing about it. The Jurassic Park references to it, the soundtrack was probably the best thing about soundtrack it. Soundtrack, yeah, was the, the best thing about it. Yeah, the music, the first time the music it, and soundtrack is the best thing. Definitely. I mean, I don't want to give I it away, but the first time the music happens, this sort of blend. 
it took me completely by surprise. Was and it, it, was it you that told me that the music was, which is very rare, was written before the film went into production? Right. Okay. So they actually had that music to play in the scenes, whereas obviously typically you'd get a composer would go away and mm. add that all in post production, but. It obviously was a very much a part of the script, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, it had to be that. It, it, it wouldn't have worked the other way, would it? For me, I, I completely agree. The music and the soundtrack is fantastic. But for me, the, Did you it not lost grow... me very early on. See, I, I went into this sort of really wanting to like it. And then, and then it, I must admit, it, it did lose me. And I thought that actually... This is, this is exactly what I hate. This is just so pretentious. There's nothing going on. But as the two, the chemistry started to build and they started to rejuvenate each other, I guess, it, it, the, when they, they build a bus and they go on a bus, mm-hmm. did, uh, did none of that hit home to, as it veers towards, a tw- I, I would have to call it a twist ending, as it veers towards yeah. a twist ending, it, it chucks you around in numerous directions towards the end, but was there not enough human by the time we got to that point for you? No, and I think for and were me, you that not was, impressed by the ending? No, no, I, I thought the ending was was okay, but I think it had, it had lost me so long before. I think the the bus bit was almost the the, the nail in the coffin for me because it was at that point that it, I realised for me that it had gone past the point of no return, where I think right. it was it had gone too far and was too bizarre and too far fetched to completely escape with it. I suppose. I mean, it, you know, it's so bizarre that you do have to just sort of let go, don't you? And just go with it, mm. and, and I, I don't think I could. And I, that involuntary, I, I just don't think I could accept what it was trying to do no. to the point where, you know, I suppose sometimes when you, it's sort of the halo against the horn effect, isn't it? The halo effect. If I liked the film very early on, I probably would have said everything after it. Oh, that's that's that's, that's brilliant. That is brilliant. But yeah. actually, it was the other way around. Something antagonised me early on, and then from everything after that, I was just justifying everything that came on screen to uh, justify my original opinion. So the holy like original stuff going on here was that just was it was it too yeah. quirky for the sake of being quirky as opposed to did you not see the light at the end of the tunnel that I think because I must admit I was very much in your position I eh, it was it was a two because uh, after I thought this is great and it went down but then as the the two again this is the theme of 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 the last two podcasts did they not bring you up at all together as no, no. Stayed, oh, for me it just stayed flat. Like... I'm not trying to will that to you to change yeah. your mind, but I just <laughs> stop poking it. But, I was, but it's because yeah. I was caught so off guard myself how I had almost, Nell had almost gone in the coffin. And then the way things started to upturn in the final third, it just completely went from being so down just to. I felt like soaring. the ending, and this is a, it was a massive negative for me, the ending. It, wow. It raised so many questions that the di- that the writer director didn't have to answer because the film's over and it just kind of went I'm just going to leave you with this this sort of setup which you will be talking about when you leave the cinema and there is no answer to it it was made to get a reaction out of people I, rather I, than I strong- for a purpose see I, I think people don't know and that people have really struggled to uh, distinguish between what they what their impression is what they've been what their initial, like you said, first impression is to the concept alone, and then once you actually get down into the film, I think that I think it, it is a film that is always going to polarize people. But yeah, I think I think it's just the the fighting is just a facade, and it is that in the writing, especially towards the. I mean, I don't. I want to chuck around the voices from last year and take shelter. There's 
so I can't I can't obviously go into it without spoiling it but but do you, do you not think it is just gratuitously not ominous but just like confusing what the final yeah they've just, just they've the just thought thing. how can we end this in the most ridiculously indie way possible we'll give it like we'd, let's try and go Rosemary's Baby take shelter just kind of yeah. oh my like leave the audience genuinely questioning for the rest of no, their life what's you're going looking on at his, here you're looking at sort of Paul Dano's reactions at the end and you totally believe okay this has just happened and then you will think oh imagine if you'd seen this come up to your come to your doorstep as it were and then as they go sort of take a step back and then you go oh my goodness this is this is that thing this is what serial killers are you know they they think they see things well happy la 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 like normal life and then you look at it and you go oh this is this is grim which is the voices and then it gets down and you're just so behind like Take Shouter is an entirely fictional it's it's very much in psychological and sort of realistic element and you don't know which way the film is going to actually steer it and mm. I think this does make its mind up and it does take you both ways before bringing you back up I think in years this will still be getting discussed when you think about stuff like Yodorowsky's El Topo or Holy Mountain or anything by Louis Bunau, like stuff like this that's just so silly and obviously you can't you, <laughs> any any films that we've heard you can't <laughs> you can't yeah. take you can't take it off the face of it you've got to look it is imagery and that but there is something there is a heart there is a point to be made and I think uh, th- I, that point was lost on me I'm curious whether this film would have got the attention that it's got if there hadn't been a farting corpse. Well, that's why I think they they really played on it. I, I think the attention has all come down from the casting, which is absolutely what? super. Harry Potter. This is a guy who, five, you know, was the biggest actor, the biggest name on the planet for for a number of years for millions of people. Like that is that is the reason why this film is getting talked about. Is because well, of those Daniel three, Radcliffe. I swear, all three of them. I mean, Mary Elizabeth Winstead to a lesser extent. But I didn't, didn't know, know she was, was in it. it. No, I didn't know I, she I, was only in because it. I looked up the film before, right. so I knew she was going to be in it. But I suppose those three are enough to bring some sort of because she sort of riding on the coattails of Ten Cloverfield Lane as well, which I think yeah, people have seen her in. Dano is so far from like a. He's not a household name by a million. I'd, no, yeah, I suppose you're right. I, but, his, but then, I, his work stands up, but. But he had War and Peace on BBC TV, so a lot of yeah. you know of the generation of people who wouldn't go and see this film would know who he is now because yeah. he's the standout in War and Peace as well. He's quite obviously, but like the poster is, level, is just Radcliffe, isn't it? Just yeah. as this this thing, I, I I just think it's a very. I think they'll be discussing this and the marketing and, I, I yeah, in a time where everything films struggle for originality, I think there's there's a. Enough here to warrant a four-star rating. Really? I honestly, I was on a two up until the final twenty minutes. No, I, I, I was on a two. I thought you were going to give it five. That's why I was surprised. No, it's uh, yeah. interesting. It's not all there because there is a lo- there was a lot of doubt, but it is a I, so that doubt made it worthwhile. I've, it's very rare that I've gone so up and down and questioned what what is it I'm actually enjoying about this film. I kept asking myself all the way through. And it wasn't until you see things and the relationship grows that you go, that's why. I, I really think you've you've fallen for it. Like I as have. in you fall at, hook line for the uh, trick for the <laughs> trick. Yeah, yeah. It it really isn't good. And I do think they did take the whole flatulence thing to as as a way to get people to go and see the film to put bums on seats. 
Yeah, it's a shame. Uh, for an, how, it's tough enough to get these sort of things made and to get. I, it had a tiny release as well, but I'm not going to reveal how I went, how I saw <laughs> this film. Like, so unless you were seeking it out and perhaps at the right time, you or knew you it was were, coming. Yeah, then maybe you could have gone and seen it, but I I couldn't find it anywhere. Mm. I thought, yeah, I thought it was good. It was a heartwarming story. I didn't find it funny at all. I didn't laugh once. I don't think I wouldn't describe this as a comedy. It wasn't a funny film. It was a fun film. It was an enjoyable. It was enjoyable to go on the journey with. I think uh, the first round, the, the first bout. Sorry to interrupt. The first, like you with um, Wilder people on the previous episode. I think the first bout of seeing what this is, the setting, the the initial bout of farting has. Did you not find that? Were people no, not laughing not with you in the th- in the no, cinema? No, no. I'd oh, had, come on. I had Crummins next to me. and He couldn't stop but laughing. The farting. So, oh, no, we're better does, than that, guys. Just to say, it doesn't matter how old you get. Farting will always yeah, but and will remain to be hilarious. <laughs> Let's just make that clear. I agree, but that it wasn't. Yeah, and the first and isn't that doesn't that go to show how how but, poor the film was? But you knew it was coming, didn't you? Yeah, I knew there was going to be a lot of farting in this film because that's what everyone had talked about if right. I hadn't have known there was going to be any farting I imagine I would have been more surprised and maybe have laughed at it but because I knew it was coming it was almost for, a for case the, of is that it for the full 20 minutes that they go on about it full six yeah. two stars yeah I, I agree for, for the you know from what, what you said Ian there that you were two stars and then you had this this uplift I suppose as, as the film progressed for me it just plateaued and just stayed at that level and and for me, then I sort of got further and further detached from it. So, remained at two for me. I'm afraid, so two stars. That's fine. It's fine. But we'll revisit it on uh, episode seventy-five and just see where we're at then. Sure. So, seventy-five out of out of hundred. Two thousand. Okay. So, on to post the post two thousand release, which was my choice, which flirted between as as audience members will, will realise may have heard from last week yeah you, you would have you would have heard Epilogue. the do I go for let me in do I go for let the right one in as, as you would have known I went for let the right one in in the end which was the original um, Thomas Alfredson Swedish film set in Sweden unsurprisingly <laughs> Stockholm uh, in, yeah a little little um, just outside suburb of, of, yeah. of Stockholm yeah and, and sort of chronicles and follows the a rather bullied and, and vulnerable loner kid you know called Oscar Oscar who befriends a mysterious girl being who well she's keen not to reveal herself as a vampire but she she lives off blood she very cleverly twists it as if Oscar is none the wiser delusional yeah so a film which brings with it a cracking reputation of pretty much five stars across the board supposed to be one of the greatest travesties that it wasn't nominated for the Oscars uh, for best foreign film thoughts Ian, I'm going to go straight to Robbie because I, want, I think we know. I want you yeah, to we know what you're going for. I always, start. So. I always start. But we know. <laughs> we let's know get he's this out of the way. No, but we know he's a guaranteed five stars. So you probably don't even need to give a review. You can just give me a star happy, and move on. I'm happy to sit back and let you guys. But let. But let's just put into <laughs> can't, can't, let's put into perspective just how good this film is. Like, <laughs> I mean, other than mate, I mean, 28 Days Later back. is up yeah. there occasionally, but this is objectively the best horror film of the 21st century there are so few horror films that are able to marry an actual you've got the gore you've got the uh, the mystery you've got visuals you've got classic horror tensions through through fantastic sound design setting Location, myth- yeah, horror perfect, rests yeah. a lot on mythology 
and it just it plays it's it's very it is a very classic vampire story a lot of the elements there you've we've all heard about her and all the books since year dot but it's just it's so slick it's so slick and then yeah again for the fifth time in a row the central relationship the soft sensitive tensive romance is what but it's and it's and it is almost like it's a platonic romance but it's just it's just a connection it's an under the skin i can't quite reach for you i can't quite fit we can't engage this but there is something going on there and it's flawless i agree with Bobby. you i do Ooh. think that the the gore they get they get perfectly right the sound the fact that it's set on this sort of backdrop of snow and the white yeah. the pure could scandinavia be a perfect place for such a story so and then you have the, the <laughs> Well, it's got that gothic, hasn't it? Gothic feel yeah. to it, doesn't it? Scandinavia, when you look at it, at no night. light. Yeah. <laughs> the the pure pure contrast of the blood when it seeps onto the snow as well is absolutely brilliant. The CGI is first class as well. It's used so few and far between, but when it is used, it's I, I wouldn't wouldn't have known it was there unless you know I knew it wasn't real. There are far more obvious examples of that, but for one, for me, sorry to interrupt, but please, there's a bit where Oscar is being bullied and he gets hit around the face with. We never actually see what it is. It's like a whip, whip, or some sort of cane, or something. And he gets a cut there. And in this, probably about ten seconds, while you're focusing on his face, it grows by not (laughs) even millimeters, but like the tiniest amount, but just enough that you think that's so. The attention to detail on that Mm. to just let it grow. The skin's open. Yeah, even though it's it's tiny, but you just think most people would just leave it as a as a cut, and that's fine. But the fact you could see it. Just ever yeah, so Yeah, it'll be a stationary cut yeah. on anything else. I just Absolutely. thought that was just indicative of, of just the care that went into this film. Sorry, Karen. It's so well crafted. Crafted is exactly what I was going to say next, actually. It has this this really, really, I, I can only describe it as tame, sort of dull feeling to it throughout, and neither are negative. Because it means that when something big does happen, when an event does take place, you are, it takes you aback every time. Because the the uh, the big moments only happen for a, a few seconds. It's just and they are sudden. sporadic. Very very sporadic. It's all very quiet in this very in this suburb, and then all of a sudden things erupt, and it's it, it and we can it is the attention to detail. I mean, if you're going to throw a body off a building, you can throw <laughs> a body off a building, but then just having the head catch the edge mm-hmm. of uh, a foyer, a sort of a marquee top. It's there's just so and every single moment like that it, it, so much care it's time well word. spent isn't it yeah I mean and there's a couple of swimming pool scenes but particularly one that I'm thinking of towards the conclusion of the film <laughs> which um, which is just I mean when you for the I first mean, time you're seeing oh it oh my god yeah it's just brilliant and I don't want to say too much more because I think I don't want to try and flag that scene because I think the less you know about the context of that scene the better so sort of leave that out there for the audience it doesn't even feel like an ending at the time no no and then that's what makes it so shocking. But I think for me, when, if, if I you know come back, sort of take a step back and look at right the theme of odd couples. I mean, for me, that's where this film excels. Where other films in this genre struggle, or well, not even struggle, but just well, they ignore, don't care, ignore, they neglect yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is is that that humanistic element between between the two of them, and, and that emotional connection that they have? You know, both of which are outcasts in their own way. Um, which is obviously made you know abundantly clear, but they're both willing or hoping to escape that. Um, and I think by befriending each other, they they do so. And I think for me, that's the thing that 
is just fantastic. That the focus on this relationship, it's almost a coming of age story for for both of them. And the irony of that is is with her or it because age how, is obviously completely irrelevant. Really, how old are you? Around about twelve. Twelve, but I've been twelve for a long time. Yeah. For a long, how old are you? Twelve years, eight months, nine days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great moment. <laughs> and, and you know that that friendship that they strike up is is exactly what both of them crave and particularly I suppose Oscar who is who is I suppose our conduit for this film that's the person that we that we come into this film with and there's a bit where he can't tell his mum something but he tells Ellie something and you just thought that in it's in in that one scene is showing you know he's just wanted this person to talk to and to relate to him and finally without really fully understanding what she is initially he was just able to to have that relationship that he's clearly lacked and he's clearly wanted to escape from all of the troubles that he's had at school and she offers him that 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 repost from all of that and the main thing about it, it's not just because she could have been almost but the thing that this film has again does so well and it's only on rewatching it very recently all the adults in the film are useless <laughs> and there are a lot of shots where it's like um is it cow and chicken or is it Tom and Jerry where you where like they'll both be in the kitchen the mum will be doing stuff but you don't see the head and like <laughs> you just see limbs and you just see all of the adults are either just they're, they're all just complete they have a, a clueless and they have no idea and they make mistakes and they're, they're so flawed whether it's the um, the new weightlifting teacher who can't even speak Swedish properly when he's trying to describe the hole in the ice and you've got and they just they just get everything wrong and Oscar poor Oscar and like you said we are Oscar and we're just going well I'm not getting any they wouldn't understand anyway if I told them I was being bullied the, these kids are real they're in my face they're horrible I've got to speak to the vampire next door who understands me who's lived a thousand lives but yeah it's there's, we're only going to go around in circles for me unless there's anything else are there uh, any negatives uh, it's, it's quite long well, but, see, I, I, but that's what ne- stands it apart from all the other yeah, ninety-minute horrors. Well, I disagree and agree, though, because I don't think it is long, but it felt long. So actually, it's just short of two hours. So for me, that's that's an optimum time for a for a film to do what it needs to do. Mm. It has to be around one ten, one twenty kind of minutes, yeah. and it is. It's bang in the middle, I think. But it still felt long. It still felt drawn out, and but, I'm not sure on that point you just said there. I felt like it probably could have been. 90 minutes or just over 90 minutes but maybe we wouldn't have got the emotional connection that we did I don't know but I still I agree I still felt uncomfortable with how long it was I, or felt I'm not, but I'm not I think maybe it was done deliberately to sort of to give you this sort of isolated dull feel that it needed that you needed those long tower, scenes without tower, action no, yeah if they didn't happens. run like you, like you were saying before if they didn't run if you didn't have that silence and that calm mm. the little sporadic splatters of blood that, that are conjured up you just wouldn't you wouldn't feel it as much, and I think it's it's very easy to go. Oh, but I, I personally didn't check my watch once. But I, also now now I think about it, one of the what probably would have happened in a similar film, or maybe even you know a, a westernized or well, not westernized a further westernized so you know American mm. f- version of this, and I'm not I haven't seen Let Me In, so I don't know where it goes. I don't know if either mm, of you no, have, so I'm not sure it. where it goes with this, but. You you would question that there is no police involved in this. Now it it happens quite early on. You see Ellie's keeper, I suppose, or or, or sort of um, Hakan. Yeah, you know? I mean, who who is going out and and you know he's 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 finding some sustenance for for Ellie. But we why say. is he and, why and, is and, he but, doing that? But and he does it 
terribly, quite frankly. You've already <laughs> mentioned that the adults are useless. I mean, yeah, he, he does it in a, in a ridiculous fashion. Uh, so very early on, there is a murder or there is, there is something that you would think would get police attention. And for me, in a typical film like this, it wouldn't be... It doesn't. Nothing's really chasing Ellie in this. It's almost like we're imposing something, not chasing her, but coming for her in, in terms of that she's going to run out of luck or she's going to be a pariah of a community or she's going to get found out, wherever it is. Whereas typically the film would say, right, the police are after her. They need to, it's witchcraft. They need to find her. We need a visual thing. representation. And, you, yeah, for and you don't see any of that. There, never, there is never any discussion, as, or as far as I can think anyway, no. of... of Police, but see that would be bloated. That would be those. That would was, uh, would be the scenes that I think. I'm I would, glad it didn't. I would put feel it in it'd there. be long uh, yeah, because yeah. you get the whole idea is you get this impression she's done this a hundred thousand times before. She's been to a million towns around the world. Is is I guess the backstory that you have to read into yeah. it. And only from the mythology and, and she she knows as soon as it gets sort of out of hand and she knows she has to get the heck out of dodge. Um, she, she says I need to go and live or or stay and die and that is almost just at that point and, and that hits you hard and, and that's the biggest compliment I can pay it really that that hit me hard about two kids who an hour and 45 minutes ago I, I had no affiliation or affinity with whatsoever and yet now I'm, I'm absolutely feeling for them You mentioned Hakan mm-hmm. is, it, is it earlier the, the carer did you sort of get the impression that like maybe he was a previous Oscar because well, it, it made me think now since seeing what we do in the shadows you sort of have this person who's sort of there, who's the the contact of the, the real world, who's just doing it as he'd been promised mm. something. Is uh, there a cycle? The ending, the yeah. The they're just seeing, yeah. he just keep really good point. She, she doesn't, she doesn't that. age, does she? But maybe. And he's remarkably nonplussed about yeah. her and and the atrocities, obviously, that she is committing. And that maybe is it. the The ending certainly is open ended, and you don't know if it's. Is he, is this the action that we've seen that the relationship is going to break the cycle mm. and they're going to try and find a new a new way of doing things and living? I'm focusing on, on him, actually, because I suppose he's, if you would say, a main character. I'm not sure there necessarily is one, but I suppose because we enter the story via him. Whereas actually, she comes comes a long way when we think about the emotion of it. Well, she's clearly reluctantly who she is. Isn't aren't her first words, I can't be your, f- or the first, yeah, I can't the- be your friend? There's, there's quite a few scenes in here which actually remind me of, of a girl with all the gifts where being born that way and is keen to escape it or, or would it wishes for another life. And that cast, I think they, I think they searched for them for a year. Like we spoke about uh, earlier, earlier in the season, talking about Jacob Tremblay. I oh, mean, yeah. here we've got... I mean, Anne Hathaway won an Oscar for having a snotty nose. And here we've got snotty nose Oscar in every other scene. But here, this is this is some of she, the best child acting I've ever seen. She cut her hair as well, though, whereas he had some lovely blonde locks. It was a four-star film for me, up until sitting here realising there are no negatives. So it's definitely five. Uh, see, I, I literally could not be more the same as what you just said there. For me, it came into a four-star film but I still think it's a four-star film because I still... I This is terrible. Have I you got a thing against the genre? No, I know. Well, yes, I do. I absolutely do. I will add that, throw that right in. For me, the <laughs> film doesn't have any negatives, but it still didn't quite fulfil me with the feelings that I've got when I think about what I've ranked five stars, what I've rated five stars in these pods. I think it you know, objectively probably is a better film than them, but it didn't fill me with that 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 really good, satisfied feeling that I got from Oslo, 
Everybody Wants Some yeah. and some of the other films that we've that we've rated. So for me, it's a four star film. But I absolutely, I mean, I'm so glad you brought it up because as our, our you know our, our loyal listeners will know, I, I struggle with fantasy elements and you know vampires and things like that. I, I just naturally struggle with that. So for me, giving this star this this film a four star film is a huge, huge compliment. compliment. Yeah, yeah it really it, it's a huge compliment. <laughs> it's a very high four. I'll say that. But I just can't quite put it over the edge. It's, yeah, I wouldn't say it's my favourite of the of the of the century, but horror is my absolute favourite genre, and it, this is a perfect horror film. And I think it has a a shout ahead of the Nosferatu's to be the best vampire film potentially ever, the most all encompassing of the myth, and okay. to be done in such a way. And yeah, just smiling and cheering with glee when a bloke pours acid on his face. It's just so from a horror aspect, it's everything you want and more. It's indulgent, but it has a a heart that makes it it's art house cinema as well really and the way it's presented it's five stars oh I like that can we have that in future yeah. five just hands included finish us off genuinely nervous about this so I went for the 1991 Disney film Beauty and the Beast the third film in what is now dubbed the Disney Renaissance era are we all familiar with the Disney Renaissance uh, I, I'm not uh, with- I'm not sure I need to be I'm but. gonna be that guy, but I wrote in my notes like the like, the classic '90s bit, and then I went on and saw that there was a page for it because it started with the Little Mermaid. Because that's when they and then we're talking Aladdin, we're talking Mulan, we're talking Hercules. It's fantastic. So this is my biggest issue with Disney issue? films. With oh, Disney films, well, Disney are masters at telling a story, and there is no way I will be able to tell the the prologue in better ways than Disney have in a stained glass window and an opening song so the beast was once a a spoiled little prince going through a tough teenage year when uh, (laughs) an enchantress an enchantress knocks on his door to whom he is very rude to she soon reveals uh, herself as this as this enchantress and puts a curse on him and the castle he is currently living in uh, transforms him into a beast (gasps) oh and says that you will never turn back to the way you were until you learn to love and have someone that returns the love that you feel for them. Cut ten years later to Belle, at the black sheep of the small village, French village that she lives in. Yeah. She is lusting after adventure and and intelligence and knowledge, whereas the rest of the village are just happy to look at each other because yeah. they're all, all really beautiful she wants more doesn't she she wants more than this provincial life they're, they're shallow she says yeah. yeah it's in all the book you know she's got an imagination <laughs> and thus thus the film kind of continues until the two meet and and Belle becomes a prisoner within the beast's castle is this the first time we've rewatched it pretty much since we were kids I've seen yes, it quite a me. few times yes for me you've Sorry. seen it quite a few times I've seen it quite a few times yeah I really, well, not only do I really like it, but I've had <laughs> girlfriends who have really liked it as well. So, you know, insistence on rewatching. What about yourself? Yeah, I think I'd seen, I had seen it, bits of it about five years ago, but this was the first time. And it's the first time I put any Disney film on since, obviously, the best animated Disney film, Fantasia, which I watch on a regular basis, actually sit through all of this and kind of try and judge it on its own merit and try and give credit where credit's due. I'm not no, no longer the target audience, but would in hypothetical one day I actually choose to buy it, put it on for kids, and you know I probably would. Did you guys still? Was it, the thing is trying to detach the nostalgia from 
the enjoyment. Head, yes. Uh, uh, head over absolutely. heels, right? Yeah. And but, did we still like it now? I, I I really did. Now I had this conversation with Robbie during the week, and we didn't reveal sort of whether we liked it or not. But it was more a case of how, almost exactly how you've positioned it there. How do we detach ourselves from <laughs> this kind of film with and and measuring it and rank rating it relative to the type of film that it is? Because for me, when I think about you know some of my favourite films over the last year or so, Sicario, Spotlight, Everybody Wants Some. Things like that, you think completely incomparable. You can't put Absolutely. those two it's together. So how how do you separate yourself away from that and say, okay, well, I'm I'm rating it relative to what I would expect out of these kind of films. And for me, I can do that now. Whereas when I was younger, you don't recognise the things. You don't look at it from the perspective that we can do now. We can objectively sit back and say, you know, actually, this film is is really very very good. And that's my that's my gen- genuine opinion of this film. Whereas as a kid, we are going along for the ride, I suppose, and we're just enjoying what we're what we're watching. You want them to live happily ever after. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. And I think the moral, you know, is so on the nose about beauty being in the, you know, on the inside rather than the, the superficial. Yeah, mm. and, and it's so on the nose. But it, it's this film is so so beautiful. I doubt there will ever be a better film to get that point across. Well, and and both in terms of the film being such a good film, but then also at getting that point across, as you said there. It's so simple. I mean, it really there there is no B plots to this. It was basically Bell and the adversity of trying to not even trying to win him over, but the natural chemistry that you can see brewing between them, and just the the nature of, of this kind of genre of film. You know where this film's going. I, I was mean, you know exactly where it's going. I was unsure, like, on that point. I was unsure how it was going to fill when I re- I was ninety minutes. I don't yeah. know when you're thinking it was a longer or shorter. I forget, but. You, I just sort of saw the opening setup, the stained glass windows. It's like, if you just did a few more saying, you could be at the end in five minutes. It's <laughs> like, because we all know, and as a kid, it's so long ago, so impressionistic, and you just know how the story goes. And then I was like, actually, the filler scenes, the scenes that are building sort of character and cutting back and forth when, say, she's at the castle, and then we're seeing what. Gaston, I completely forgot they had this mental subplot of putting the father in the mental asylum, yeah. and then that's how we'll, that's who will get the girl. Like they they've ninety minutes is is packed. <laughs> they're, they're he'll on. get the girl, not not out of sympathy. He'll get the girl. He'll force. He will literally grab the girl. <laughs> oh, <but laughs> force her. Gaston is hilarious. I mean, he changes hair color and he's. Um, but he's the Johnny... beast. But the beast also did the same thing. The Beast also does the same thing. Johnny Bravo. Yeah, so yeah, he changes hair color. He's Johnny Bravo or Zach Brannigan from Futurama. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, that, yeah. he's exactly that kind. Of, and he's hilarious as well. Like, mm. I, I don't remember if I, I liked him when I was younger. But now looking back, he's such a classic character. He is. He's brilliant. Uh, he, it's, it's the so song good. that's all about him is, is probably <laughs> him eating three dozen eggs. <laughs> is it the best, cool is it the best yeah. song? I really like the opener. Beauty and the Beast is the best song. I'm, I'm in agreement. Beauty and the Beast. I mean, that, that is just where Mrs. Beautiful. Potts leads into it, and she really goes down. Oh. And the hooks in that song are so moving. I mean, the other songs are really good. They're jolly. You go along. You know the how how the song goes on. But that is the one that you almost do catch your breath a bit, and you go, "It is absolutely incredible." Sorry, sorry, uh, but trying because I think we all know what this is off the face of it. But trying to look, I'm uh, trying to now to come at it from an adult aspect. The similarities initially, but they they are there between Gaston and the Beast because Gaston is trying to hold or attain Belle against her will. 
and the beast, but the beast does exactly that as well. And there is the there is the Stockholm syndrome argument, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, absolutely. That, that Belle is just falling in love with her captor. Yeah, well, and I suppose when we think back to the very premise of this film, is he just doing this as a means to an end of of becoming? Yeah, because he's selfish. Really. Charming he, again. He, he knows. knows that it's his. Yeah. and that's there were a few lines of dialogue from the armoire. The uh, the uh, when the wardrobe starts talking, it's like, why don't you give him another go? It's like, oh my god, they're just the chloroform in all of this. Like they're there going because they know yeah. as well. It's not as this could be the one. Yeah, like oh, this could, please, like they're they're also nudging. But that that's where Disney get around it by using true love, isn't it? Yeah. If it if it was forced, and like, the characters saying fake. it are cute and cuddly. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, but. It, yeah, I'm with no, it, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I completely see where you're coming they from. They tread round quite as an adult now, sink quite dodgy territory mm. in because it, the, th- the reason why these films are so successful is because ultimately the parents know what they're getting. They're getting a moral point, and they, it's wholesome. There's no chance really of them picking up anything different. But there were a couple of more risque lines, a couple of themes that we've just mentioned that could have could have gone in different hands another way but. yeah I, I see what you mean and it's, it's kind of it's needed though because otherwise the beast of it is kind hearted so he wouldn't have kept her captive if he didn't have to yeah so it does kind of need it but I mean I'm, I, I shouldn't defend it because it is still a bit weird it doesn't it doesn't sit fully right does it but as well we like biblical stories as, as uh, Christians would argue like you can't bring things we're, we're then trying to put it into our so if you've got this guy down the 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 jock who's Gaston and you try and put it into yeah. nowadays terms that's not quite how it how it is obviously are we thinking too much into this absolutely way too much. okay because it's way too because much. on the face of it there's, to, yeah. there's nothing on the face of it it's yeah it's so simple it, yeah. and, but I think it's very easy for us as you've already said you know now we're older and we can look back at it objectively we're probably looking into into it too much considering what this film is going for but then I also think Disney always do this they always put in not necessarily social commentary, but certainly just little things that adults can, little moments of philosophy and morals and ethics and stuff like that. And I think the obvious one is the whole true love and, and you know, love being about, you know, the personality and the inside rather mm. than the superficial looks of uh, of someone. And I think that that's very obvious. But, yeah, I think we, we probably could interpret and maybe even misinterpret what this film is going for, whereas actually, you know, very, it's, it's exactly on the note. It's, it's doing exactly... It's not hiding anything. It's doing exactly what... It wants to. We, I was completely bought into it. To me, it's a it's it's a theatrical product. I mean, it's a stage production for me. I mean, it's an yeah. it's a musical. Yeah. I don't know whether it was a musical first, whether it could have been a musical after. I, I really don't know. But it felt so much like an adaptation of a musical because it was especially the start. I mean, you've already talked about some of the numbers. If I don't know it how much a, you guys go to the theatre, isn't it? If you go to the theatre, there's always this opening number that gets you yeah. really into it and contextualizes everything that's just about to happen. But then the, the great thing about this film for me is those, we've already talked about him sort of courting and wooing Belle, but the, the lubricant in that situation is the, the those sort of side characters you've got. Lumia and Cogsworth. Yeah, Can we please exactly. talk about the chemistry between Lumia and Cogsworth? fantastic. The comedy that those two bring is so necessary. And I felt, I was looking at myself in the I was laughing hysterically at some of their exchanges. They are fantastic. And They're for me, so good. I I think we're all aware that you know there's there's going to be a live action re- or there is almost completed a live action remake yeah, so it'll yeah. be out soon. I could not have cared less about that film. Now I've rewatched the original. 
I'm actually quite excited about that film. Have you have you seen who they've got playing the parts as well? Yeah, it's exactly. Quite, I'm thinking they've exciting. they've nailed that. Yeah. They, 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 uh, and so Emma. I. Emma Watson. Emma Watson. Yeah. But yeah. then you've got your your Beast and Gaston. Are, is it Luke Evans? Is Luke, Gaston? Luke Evans. Yeah. And Beast is someone who I haven't really heard. No, Beast of. is oh Dan Stevens. Yeah. Dan Stevens. Downton Abbey, isn't he? I think. And the guest. The guest. But I'm I'm enthused about that film now, which I I can't say I ever thought I would be. Um. But. Yeah, I'm excited about that because because for me this film is we've already talked about it, it's so simple, but it it it's got exactly the right balance between emotion, comedy, songs, songs. Yeah, it, and for some all of the songs are good. I thought I was too mature for this film, then I watched it and I realised I you know I just lapped it all up. But this thought goes I was so well. But it's a family film, isn't it? Oh, it's aimed God. at everyone. Where do you think this? Before we go into the rain, the Renaissance. Where do you think this? sits though mm. if I was to naturally try and think I'd probably say Lion King for me is the favourite I think Lion King although I, in my mind I probably of. enjoyed it the most the theme is I mean it's just a rewrite of Hamlet isn't it is that but right it's darker though the Lion it's darker, King but considering I, it's Disney yeah. it, it still doesn't in terms of your classic Disney well. message as well I just I do think this is probably the best one wow B and the B nice for me I mean for me if, we, if we're coming towards wrapping up I've already talked about the difficulty of me trying to align this with, or where or how I align this with my other ratings. Because when I think about where where I want to put this, for me, this is a five star film. And and when I first thought that, when I was first watching it, I thought I feel uncomfortable giving this a five star film when I would give Spotlight a five star film, Sicario a five star film, Oslo. But it's got it's got to be where it's sit, But if it sits within its genre, and within exactly, its and that's why place, for me, in its it's place, still a five star film because it still deserves to be there relative to what I should be judging it against and and there you go that's why I I mean I, I lapped it I, I loved it, oh, it, it maybe because it's so short you, you, know, could, you don't have time to if you could see the doubt. glee in James's eyes right now <laughs> if only you could see that that your eyes do say we'll it. put it on our Facebook page <laughs> I'm gonna get I give it a four and I give things a four because I think it's it does what it sets out to achieve that for me is the ultimate question is it that and then how much I enjoyed it but yeah, it's it's obviously it's for kids, but it's a million miles away from Studio Ghibli or any of the. There are animated films out there that satisfy me a lot more now as an adult. But having enjoyed it so much as a kid, I'm aware of the power that it does. It did have on me over ten years ago. But yeah, four. Yeah, Disney can't half tell stories, can they? Oh. It's, it's it's charming. It's entertaining. It's funny and. I remember there was there was a, a moment in the film where I was just sat there going, "This is entertainment. This is what <laughs> this is what all films should be like." I'm having so much fun. Yes, yeah, five straight out five. On to next fortnight, which will be which will be your last one before you leave us. Is that right? Last one for a little bit. Yeah. Oh no. Before Do we you want to reveal why? It sounds like you're actually leaving the pod to go. Is it your tooth? Better. Is it the toothache? Have we gone full circle? Oh, good. <laughs> if the, I thought we got over that. Uh, just you know having my knee looked at and that so might miss a couple at least two yeah shredded your anterior cruciate ligament didn't you but you know no biggie when I was reviewing films yeah just yeah. shredded it yeah. only um, only fools shred their ACL but no biggie because uh, my comments will be in secret golden envelopes to be opened <laughs> at the end of each episode at the end of each review so what um, who's on the new release that's myself is that you it is me oh. and I have gone for I, Daniel Blake, this year's Palm Door winner, which leads us to the theme of Palm Door winners. Oh, 
Who's on the post? That would be you, Ian. That would be me. But yeah, I will go for Lars von Trier's 2000. Bjork starring Film Dancing in the Dark. And I will go with MASH, the film that inspired the TV show. Robert Altman. Robert Altman, yeah, correct. Oh, why do I know that name? He's from the Vietnam War. He is done famous just, chap. he was the king of 70s. And, oh, I just can't get enough of it.